let's be honest, most of us have done it. We have spent money to buy something during quarantine that we now regret from candle making kits to trendy cookbooks. We're going to get into it with Rocket Years author and our co-host today, Liz Segrin. It is Wednesday, November 11th. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up Podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And I'm Liz Segrin, the author of The Rocket Years, How Your 20s Launched the Rest of Your Life, a book about the big decisions we make in our 20s and how they play out over the course of our lives. I'm also a senior staff writer at Fast Company, and I'm coming at you uh, from my beautiful uh, <laughs> quarantine headquarters uh, here in Boston. And we're going to talk about what you are sporting today in the wardrobe department in just a moment. Here on Money with Friends, we talk about the latest personal finance headlines. We added the insights and wisdom of our fantastic cast of thought, thought leaders like Liz. We mix in questions and comments from our many friends and leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. All right, Liz, before we even get into this article, which by the way is from the Financial Diet, and it's about um, the things that we bought that maybe we wouldn't have bought were it not quarantine. We record this on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. So everyone, there are a bunch of people that can see you while we're recording it. You are sporting a very special quarantine outfit today. Yes. So, um, like a few months ago in the, in the summer, um, there was this trend on Instagram. There are all of these influencers who are wearing these kind of flowy, stretchy, comfortable dresses. They were very like elegant, but also comfortable dresses. Um, and so it, it was a whole trend and the dresses are called nap dresses and they originate from a brand called Hill House Home. And, um, they called it this because the designers and the, the people at the company loved the dress so much as they were making it because it was so comfortable they could take a nap in it, right? So they called it the nap dress. And I think that just that branding really resonated in the middle of this quarantine because, um, you know, everybody's at home, we're all tired, we're all stressed out. We, we want a dress that makes us look good for our Zoom calls, but that we can also take a nap in. And if you're, if you're watching me, um, right now, you'll see that in my, my office right behind there, there is a, essentially a fainting couch, which I use frequently during the day when I need to take little naps. And so my nap dress is perfect for that. Um, what I would say is that this is not a quarantine purchase that I regret. In fact, this is like one of the best things that I've done. I dropped $125 on this nap dress and it serves me really well. Like I woke up today and I was like, you know, it's early in the morning. It's Monday. It's been a stressful past week. I want something comfortable that I can look good in on this call. And so boom, I'm done, you know? <laughs> and so easy, so easy. And you so know, comfortable and easy. there's going to be, you're going to start a second wave of this fad of the nap dress because everybody is going to, I know I am totally going to look for it. I'm going to probably hit you up for the link as soon as we're done recording this because it looks so comfortable and so nice. I was so a little surprised at the price point. I feel like that's high, but I have to kind of check it out and see it. Maybe it's like a fancier dress because we're only seeing the top. No, half. it's not fancy at all. It's extremely lightweight. It's like, it's, it's just, it's all branding, but I, I'm there for it. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it makes me, you know, it's, I wear it frequently. So I would say that like cost per wear, if you wanted to think about it in terms of the amortization of this dress, I'm getting good value. 
I like that. And I think that we're going to hear, we're going to read the night, we're going to read this article. And then we're also going to hear from our audience what they had to say. And some of them have quarantine purchases that they would never would have bought without the quarantine, but that they don't regret. So first, let's see which one of our friends is going to bring us into the story. This is Lacey from the Military Money Show. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better. It's time for our headlines. All right. The story, as I mentioned, is from The Financial Diet, one of our favorite, favorite websites. Nine Things Anxiety Made Me Buy That I Now Regret um, by Gina Vay. I'm going to just, I'm sorry, Gina. Vayne Stein. And I botched that. V-A-Y-N-S-H-T-E-Y-N. And by the way, for anyone that wants the links, go to our YouTube channel, Money with Friends, and we will put it in the link so you can read the whole thing. But in short, she talks about that online shopping has been a coping mechanism to deal with stress, sadness, anger, and self-doubt, and so on. And she, you know, tends to buy things that will make her feel better. So she'll buy expensive swimsuits for motivation, um, you know, pricey art kits, that kind of thing. And, um, so she goes on about that, but then she gets into the things that she regrets and will be in some cases reselling that she bought during the quarantine. So we're going to go through them quickly and I'm going to ask Liz to kind of comment and then we'll talk more about our experiences. And we have a lot of comments from our audience, both on Instagram at Muddy Friends Pod and our live recording here on YouTube. So she talks about trendy cookbooks. I think a lot of people were really into cooking when the quarantine began. Did you buy anything cooking related? I did. Yes. I, um, I have bought, uh, well, actually it was not so much at the beginning. It was when, after I had eaten all of the cheese and the crackers <laughs> and put on <laughs> a bit of weight. And so then I got all of the cookbooks that help you sort of like, uh, eat healthier. And so I've been really into the Saqqara cookbook. It's called eat clean, play dirty. Uh, and so Saqqara is this like, um, plant-based diet company. Um, but it's super, super complicated. Uh, all of the diets require like all of these obscure ingredients. So that has been kind of a waste because I, I bought it, I used it for like a week and then I was like, I can't do this. I'm going to go back to eating my cheese and crackers. It's so funny you said Saqqara because I didn't buy their cookbook. I actually did a trial three days of their meals. And I have to say they were delicious. I have no complaints about the quality, delivery. Everything was wonderful, but it was so expensive. And I was like, I it's can't do this. Expensive. It was crazy expensive. So that ended. So I did a week of that. And then I also did. So then, so then that's very, very expensive. And, but they have this kit, this detox kit where you do all the recipes yourself. And then they have a couple of supplements that they give you. Um, and that was like a couple of hundred dollars, but you know, it's for two weeks. That was like, it was hard. It's hard. The reason I think that it's so expensive is that they're using a lot of very good ingredients. And then of course, I'm sure that you're paying in part for the fact that lots of models and actresses use this diet. Um, but I do think that, yeah, it's, it's just very hard. It's very hard to execute this on a daily basis. So, you know, when we become millionaires, um, you know, I will just be eating, I'll be ordering from Saqqara every single day. And until then it's going to be, you know, it's going to be my diet, which is wine and cheese and crackers. I am totally there with you when, when we, when it's fully, fully, fully in the budget and nothing else will suffer, maybe we will revisit Saqqara. We love you guys if you are watching. Um, but 
it just, yeah, it was just crazy expensive, but it was beautifully packaged and everything was lovely. The other problem with those meal kits and, and all of those things is you, at the end of the day, you're maybe not in the mood for that meal that night and the rest of your family is eating something different. So I find that you order three days of meals and it takes you like six days to eat them. Or you're not even maybe, I mean, in quarantine, you're home a lot, but sometimes I wasn't because I do go to a workspace which does not allow outside food. So that was also a challenge. So the whole food thing, I think, was something people got really into. And then the counter, of course, was that our writer wrote Gina bought a rowing machine and she spent $450 on this saying it was an investment that she's going to get back because of course you're not going to the gym. So it kind of, in this case, she was spending $10 a month for her membership to a gym. So $450, that's a long time to recover that. But there are people that spend a lot more money on gyms. What's your take on the whole exercise equipment and people buying that Peloton's done so well? We are totally guilty of this. We have um, a ton of new gym equipment. We have an elliptical machine. We have um, one of, it's, it's, we have Tempo, which is like another, um, it's, it's like Peloton, but it's for weight training. Um, and I don't regret them at all uh, because, I mean, first of all, you know, go, I was going to Orange Theory before this and that was like about $100 a month, right? And so I haven't been in eight months. And so that's $800, right? And so if you think about how that goes towards one of these, you know, devices, and I don't think that we're going to be, we're going to be going back to gyms anytime soon. You know, it's going to be a long time before that. And I mean, it's just been so good for my mental health and my body um, to just be able to work out during this period. So I, I don't regret it. And I kind of think that it's going to shift into sort of a, a longer term thing for me where I'm just going to be working out at home, unfortunately. Um, you know, I, I loved going to the gym before, but I honestly think that because we have all this equipment, my whole family can use it. It's changed my habits. I, 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 it's not really a regret, you know? Do you think people will go back post pandemic? I personally, I think that I don't think that I, if, if I'm representative of the average person, I, I don't think so because, um, I, you know, I just feel like we have all this equipment at home now and it's actually much more convenient to do this. You know, before the, the pandemic, um, I, I would have thought all of this equipment was like astronomically expensive, but you know, after two years of not being able to go to the gym, I'm going to have paid off, you know, one of, you know, one of these, uh, pieces of equipment. And now my husband can use it all the time. I think that my, ha you know, now I wake up in the morning and I work out in my own house. It's way more convenient than going to the gym. Um, I don't think I'm going to go back and I, and I, given the, the sales of Peloton and all of these new startups that are entering the market, I, I honestly think that maybe gyms are one of those industries that may not recover from this pandemic. Yeah, that's, that's really hard, especially the ones that are very expensive. I mean, Gina talks about the fact that her gym was $10. And in her case, she in four months used it only three times. So, you know, for her, it's not working. But I think for a lot of us, especially if you're a parent, and you've gotten used to using it because your child is you know, doing school from home, which is the case in, in my case. Um, I think that we've all adjusted to that. I'm paying um, for online fitness classes, which is a fraction of the cost of what I used to pay for the same exact classes in person. And, it, you know, I can even do them. I could do them taped, which is, a, you know, a monthly subscription for $19.95, I think. And then you can also pay per class to do them live. And I do find the live ones are more motivating, but nevertheless, I'm home. I don't have to spend the time to go to the gym. I can shower right here right afterwards. And there's not the bringing the clothing. If you have to go somewhere afterwards, a lot less stress, a lot less, um, 
risk of missing it, frankly, because you, you know, you get a phone call last minute and you're suddenly you're five minutes late to class. They don't let you in. So, all right, let's move on. We want to, I have a bunch of things I want to get through. So fancy sketchbook and watercolors. I mean that it's not a huge investment, but I think a lot of people were doing a lot of stuff like that. What do you think? I did tons of stuff. So at, at the beginning of this pandemic, I was really stressed out. And so I did all the crafts. The thing that I did was I picked up knitting. And so I, I got a bunch of knitting stuff and it was actually it's been really good like I find it very soothing to be able to knit stuff um it's very relaxing it's very you know at a time when I just feel like I can't produce very much you know I used to be traveling around the world going to a place it felt good to be in a new place and see new people and all these things that were giving me the satisfaction of you know, actually being productive, I don't have anymore, right? And so something as small as like finishing a project can give you a little bit of the sense that, that things are going forward, that you're actually producing something. It's, it's, it's more psychological than anything else, but it's been great. I would say that, you know, when I got into this craft, uh, I just went over the top and I was like, oh, this is so, so good for my mental health. I'm gonna buy all of the stuff. And I would say that, you know, I maybe have used like 25% of the stuff that I bought. So maybe, maybe that is a kind of a downside, but I, I would say that in general, like the new habits that I've developed, the working out, the, um, the relaxing hobbies, uh, the gardening, all of this stuff is actually, I, it's actually pretty good. I think that I want to keep, I want to keep these, uh, habits and these hobbies as part of my life going forward. I love that. I would agree with that completely. The next thing on the list is the candle making kit. So this one, she talks about that it was fine. She bought it. Um, but you know, she, but you can buy a candle less expensively from a store. So you don't need to DIY it. But I think that in this case, and you know, we're, we love the article, Gina, but I think that the point is to have the activity and you, yes, it's not necessarily less expensive to make your own candle, but it's a nice activity. And as you mentioned with those things that you enjoy doing like gardening and stuff, it's about the time and having the sort of mental break of doing something with a different part of your brain. Totally. Um, it's, it's, yeah. And you know, in my book, I actually talk about hobbies. Uh, so I, I, I wrote a book called the rocket years, how your twenties launched the rest of your life. And one of the more surprising chapters in the book is about hobbies because there's all of this research now that shows that people who have hobbies are actually far more productive. They're, they're happier. They're more socially connected to other people. Um, and that's something I don't think a lot of us think about in our twenties and a lot of us don't pick up. And I certainly was not thinking about my hobbies in my twenties, but I feel like the quarantine has given us this opportunity to start picking up hobbies. And I think that we shouldn't underestimate how valuable they are just in terms of giving us something to pour ourselves into something that we, that make us, that makes us happy, that makes us feel creative. And if we can leave this quarantine with some of these new hobbies and habits, I think that's, you know, it's, it's been, as we've talked about, it's been a bleak, miserable time. You know, any, any little bright spots are, are worth holding on to, I think. I totally agree. All right, we're running out of time, so I want to go through these really quickly. She pro she purchased protein shakes in bulk, and I think that goes for any bulk purchase. I mean, we got we loaded up. I mean, you can regret it, but then again, if it's something that doesn't go bad, you'll work your way through it, right? Yeah, I would say that that I think that is the the biggest problem here. That anything that we liked, we bought too much of. I think that that, that may be the lesson here. That, that that the thing itself may not be the problem. It's just how much we're buying of it. But yes, if it's if it's protein powder and rather than fruit or whatever, you know, you can hold on to that for a while. 
Exactly, exactly. All right, let me run through the rest of these really quickly. So she bought Hunter rain boots and she lives in LA, so she doesn't really need them. She bought overpriced running shoes. Well, that could happen at any time, but I mean, it goes back to aspiration of being fit. I don't, I mean, I think for some people buying expensive exercise equipment is a motivator. People feel better when they're in nicer clothing, even at home. I think a lot of us are getting tired of looking so sort of informal all the time. I think the nap dress is a perfect example where you want to feel like you're, you know, you look cute. It's okay to, to want to not always be in grungy sweats. Um, she also had a lot of impulsive home DIY things that were a little bit tougher. And it's interesting because I've been tempted, I don't know about you, Liz, to buy, you know, things like she talks about the stick on wallpaper. I've never tried that. But apparently, for her at least, it's a lot tougher than they make it look on the videos. Have you ever tried to do that kind of thing? I haven't tried that, but I would say that I've bought a ton of like random home stuff. And yeah, I mean, I think it's, <laughs> I understand the impulse to do that. Um, and then the final thing that she talks about is she bought multiple swimsuits at a time. I guess she was hoping to push herself to lose weight. And it really was more about just, you know, coming to terms with being healthier and, uh, you know, finding ways to give herself a break, walking with her dog and just eating well and that kind of thing. So she kind of regrets doing that. But look, they're still there for her for next summer. So um, I want to quickly, we've got a lot of responses from our Instagram. I hope you guys are following us at Money Friends Pod. Um, we have Gabriel bought a piano keyboard thinking that um, she would learn. She spent two hours and then gave up. Have you ever done that, invested in something that you're going to do as a hobby and just kind of, nah? Yeah. I've done, yeah, we, yeah, I mean, that was me and, like, a bunch of, like, other crafty things. Um, yes, definitely. <laughs> I bought an embroidery set. I was like, oh, I'm so into knitting. I must do all of the old lady grandma, you know, <laughs> crafts. Yeah. And it, it turned out that I was just out knitting as, 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 as much as I can do, basically. <laughs> yeah, I took, I went through a hard time in my life. I had gotten divorced um, right um, it, it, when I turned 30, and I went and I took a jewelry making course, and I took it very seriously and invested in all of this equipment and all of these supplies and it did not last very long. But it was interesting because I saw that a lot of jewelry that we pay a lot of money for is very basic and very easy to do. Um, but I did invest in a lot of um, kits, a lot of tools to make jewelry because it is metal work. Um, but that's kind of tough to do in a New York City apartment. You could set the whole place on fire. So that didn't last. Anyway, we have Sarah. She invested in a pull-up bar that doesn't fit in any of her doorways, except one that she doesn't trust that is in her basement. So that was a probably a fitness equipment misfire, right? Totally. <laughs> We've all done that. Yeah. And but it then, was a good impulse, I think. Working out at home is great. Yeah, exactly. And then we have Kyleti bought a pallet of 100 toilet paper. So that kind of goes in the same thing as Gina's um, protein shake. I mean, the truth is we're, you know, as much as we're happy that there may be, um, it looks like a vaccine is going to come sooner rather than later at this point with this Pfizer news of a vaccine being very effective, um, we don't know what's going to happen this winter and we may need that TP stockpile after all. So you may not regret that. Um, Tyler bought gin and tonic. Um, April bought that's a great purchase. I, I, <laughs> I think that that's not, that's not a, that's not a bad impulse buy. We bought a lot of wine. Yeah. Uh, we've gone through a lot of wine. Um, April says, I'd like to say sweatpants forward slash athleisure, but I regret nothing. Absolutely. Do not regret that athleisure wear. It is serving you well. And then the final one I'm going to squeeze in here is Annette says yeast. I will never enjoy bread making. Did you get into the bread trend? No, I didn't get into the bread trend. We, I did a lot of the banana bread um, and that was, that was 
it was more just that like I was just we were eating too much it was like <laughs> it was too crazy I think that though I think that the issue I think that I would I would put a finer point to the general thing that we're talking about right now I think that trying out different things during the quarantine is actually pretty good and that, that we've all gone out and done that I think that the one thing that the quarantine is doing to us is it's making us hoard right like we're there's this anxiety about scarcity and I think that that may be the problem so I think that the lesson is like we should be trying lots of stuff out I think that that's not a bad thing to be doing but maybe to pull back on like you know once something works just buying a ton of it right like because you know that that makes it harder for us to then try other things right because we have the stockpile of like gin and tonic instead of whatever you know whatever else it is that <laughs> comes our way right that is more accurate than I want to admit, Liz. Okay, let's take a break for one sec before we get to our takeaways. So you think about your takeaway. I want to talk to everybody about the fact that one thing we have to keep doing um, when we are in quarantine is we need to still keep at it with our businesses, with organization of our finances. The way that I keep track of my money and my business is FreshBooks. I was literally using it before I officially started my business. I was still working as a TV anchor at Reuters, and I had this idea for my book, um, I have loved FreshBooks. It's super easy to invoice clients. And even more important now, they have ways that you can even get pe paid faster. They could even have you take credit cards without having to set up really complicated systems. It connects to my business banking account. It tracks everything. It makes tax time super easy. I can also go in at any time and see how my numbers are looking. Guys, accounting matters. And I also learned when I set up my business, receivables matter. You have to collect the money. We all get so caught up in the creative and doing the work and talking to our clients and enjoying what we're doing, but you have to actually stay on top of the accounting, even though other stuff is a lot more fun. FreshBooks takes away so many of the pain points with your accounting. Um, if you use our code, uh, go to moneywithfriendspodcast.com forward slash FreshBooks to check it out. If you do sign up for the first three months, you're going to get 60% off those first three months. So it's moneywithfriendspodcast.com forward slash fresh books for 60% off the first three months when you sign up. And by the way, if you guys have questions, you can DM me. Um, I love fresh books. I really do use it personally for years. And so DM me at Bobby Rebel one on Instagram. If you have questions about fresh books, I'm always happy to talk about them. All right. Let's talk about our takeaways now, Liz. What do you, how do you really feel in case people didn't get the, the message through <laughs> this show? You don't have a lot of regrets. My takeaway is that this is a very stressful, difficult time in history. And I think that it is worth paying attention to our mental health. And that might involve making impulse purchases or purchases of things that might make us feel better. I think the one thing to be concerned about is just that we don't over, um, we, we don't start hoarding once we find something that we really like, because, um, that just makes it harder for us to try new things. And so I don't regret my purchases. I just regret buying too much wool for my knitting project. <laughs> what are you going to do with it now? I don't know. I'm going to have to like find some babies to, to, <laughs> to make little hats for or something. I don't know. <laughs> But wait, but so is it okay? Because we did have that on our Instagram about the toilet paper. Can you hoard household goods? Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, I would I would recommend not doing that just because um, you don't know, like, you, you know, like it could be that there's some new amazing toilet paper that comes out and then you, you can't really buy it because you're going to have toilet paper in your house for the next three years, right? Or something like that. Um, I know. So anyway, my point is just that like hoarding, I think it's fine to hoard, but I, it just, it my thinking is that it just makes it harder for you to try new things later, right? And so that, to me, that's the downside. 
Yeah, because sometimes you can feel like you invested so much in this new hobby that you thought you were going to be really into, and so you can't move on. And it's tough. To, sometimes it's better to cut your losses and move on. The money is already spent. What's the sunken loss yeah. theory, whatever that is. Um, but it's hard to do when you like with the jewelry. It took me a while. It took me probably a couple of years to actually get rid of all of the stuff, the supplies that I bought with the idea that I was going to be making all of this jewelry. And it just sat there because I didn't want to admit that I really just wasn't that into it. It's hard. Yeah, totally. It just makes it harder for you to like part with that. Whereas like once you're like, you know, once I'm done with my stash of wool, I might come up with something totally, I might decide to take up painting, right? Or something else, right? And so it's just, it just frees your options for the future, right? You don't have any sunk costs. Very well said. All right, quickly, my takeaway. I just think this is also relatable. We all bought things that we used until we didn't. Um, I have, for example, I have a nice foot soaking tub now holding cleaning supplies. I, although I should use that. I also had lots of home manicure stuff and then I just didn't bother. And then of course, all the canned goods that we stocked up on, but they'll be used eventually. We have a lot of yeast for baking um, because you couldn't find it anywhere. So then when we found it, we stocked up, but I am using my new lap desk as well as my blue screen glasses. That's a big purchase these days because we're spending way too much time in front of our screens. Liz, thank you. Oh, and by the way, Richard in our audience does have a suggestion for you. You can donate your extra knitting projects to charity. Thank you, Richard. Okay. Good idea. <laughs> good idea. And I can move on. <laughs> then you can move on to the next, to better, better things, um, or things that are better for you. Um, we're going to not see you again for four weeks, but we're excited, um, to have you back then. Tell us where people can keep up with you during that time. Totally. So the best way to do that is to read my book, which has lots of uh, useful information about how to navigate your 20s or how to think about your 20s and think about how they're they're full of clues about where you should go in life. It's called The Rocket Years, How Your 20s Launch the Rest of Your Life. You can get it on Amazon or at any uh, local bookstore near you. Um, but also you can find me at Liz Segrin at at um, Instagram or Twitter. And I'm also a senior staff writer at Fast Company where I write stories every day about fashion, design, and tons of other stuff. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Liz. Everyone can find out more about her and the rest of our cast of Money with Friends Thought Leaders on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Please be sure to follow the show at Money Friends Pod. That is on both Instagram and Twitter. And be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, look for Money with Friends, and you can join us for our live shows. We had such an amazing live audience here today. So thank you to everyone in the audience. We have Richard here. We have Tyson. We have Adrian. We have Adnan. We have Sarah, Ricky. Um, uh, oh my goodness. So I can't pronounce that name. Khalifa, Bill, and so on. Thank you all for being part of our of our show. We love having you. And thank you, Liz. We'll see you in four weeks. Thank you so much for having me. Joe will be back with Farnoosh Tarabi on, on Thursday's show. We'll see you then. Thanks for being part of Money with Friends. Bye, everyone. Bye. This show is created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. 
For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.